Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing what we want to see in Ant-Man 3. The hype train is almost at the station, destination, whatever you want to call it. This week, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, comes out, and we have to talk about it. All that and more is that we have no control over her. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff, let's talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. That is a terrible title. I'm so hype, but I really, the more and more I've told people about it and talked about this movie, I'm feeling more and more that that is a terrible title. (laughs) (laughs) Is it too long? Is it too many words? Well, yeah. You know, back in the day, the old thing was Ant-Man 1, Ant-Man 2, Ant-Man 3, right? Yeah, no, the the last time that Marvel has used the numbering system was with Iron Man. Iron Man, Everything else has been a subtitle. So particularly Marvel has left left that all behind pretty much. Uh, but with Ant-Man, they did something different. They did Ant-Man, and of course they added the character of the Wasp, so it's Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is a long title. And now instead of like going like, I don't know, Ant-Man and the family, I like I get it, you don't want to cut out the Wasp, she's a part of the story, major, but Ant-Man and the Wasp colon Quantumania is such a long title. Yeah, and that's like impossible for us to add into our our podcast title for the yeah, month, you know. Exactly. <laughs> it's way too long for podcatchers. Yeah, I've just been calling it Quantum Mania cuz it, it'll appear on the, you know. I mean, that makes sense. Otherwise, you it looks like you're advertising for a root beer company. <laughs> A&W. Yeah. A&W Quantum Mania. You know that's going to be on some uh theater things. Yeah, if they haven't started working with A&W for like you know, advertising. Yeah, what are they thinking? They're missing an opportunity. They should be there. telling, selling tiny glasses of NW. Yeah, or giant glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but they look exactly alike, so you get one of each. That's the. Yeah. <laughs> you actually you drop the little one into the big one, and it's <laughs> just more. And then it's alcohol. NW car bombs. <laughs> it's an NW bomb. NW bomb. It's really just more root beer. <laughs> But the molecules are closer together, so it's very dense root beer. Yeah, it's <laughs> goes down hard. <laughs> okay, so we need to talk about what we want to see because we're yeah. like we made some pr- some predictions, but we really got off the rails on that. Last we did, we did. One. So we we decided to stick with a plan instead of just like getting into this conversation loose loosey goosey, which is what we do normally. We're gonna go with our like we're each gonna we each brought our top five things we want to see in Ant Man. Quantum Mania. Uh, let's uh, let's let's get into it. You know, it felt it felt really difficult to make a list of five things that I want to see because, right. like, I try not to go into these films with much in the way of expectations. Like, I'll make some mm-hmm. predictions, but it'll it's mostly like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, or wouldn't it be funny right. if? And then, like, I don't always want those things to happen, but like having to come up with a a, a thing of five expectations is like. Right. It hurts. Oh, well, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I I guess I don't... uh, Most of the stuff I came up with was, like, things I want for the characters or things that... There's a few in here that are a little different than that. But, yeah, just, like, things I want them to do. Things I want them to carry through. I I guess we should mention, me and you both watched both the first two Ant-Man movies over the last few weeks. And so, we're both kind of fresh in our minds and, like, thinking about how... To me, it was all about thinking about how those arcs want to finish off. Because this feels like, you know... Very, you know, very few of our um, Marvel characters have gotten three movies, uh, the franchises. So it's kind of interesting to see this one get its third, you know? Yeah. Well, so 
there there already we have very different uh rubrics for yeah, yeah, oh, I'm sure. what we want because uh like my th- my thoughts were like what do, like what do I want to see for a character that's different or that is like a logical pursuit but not like the closure of an arc but mm. like like f- for for instance um yeah, you my number five. Yeah, my number five is Kang. I want Kang to have a real and relatable reason for his villainous actions. I don't want. Mm. Obviously, we don't want anybody to be a mustache twirler, but like, I want it to be something personal that mm. could make me think that you know, given the circumstances that Kang is in, I might go down that path too. Like, I want that Daredevil Punisher kind of thing. Like, you're just one bad. You're one bad day in the quantum realm away from being me, you know? <laughs> that is interesting. That is really interesting. I haven't really thought of it that way. Could because Kang is such a big force that we're going to see over multiple movies, I haven't really considered obviously he needs to have a uh relatable motivation. Similar to what Thanos had in uh, Infinity War and Endgame where you're like, okay, it's not so much relatable as it is like understandable why he thinks the thing he's doing is right. Yeah. Um, interesting. Well, and I mean, in Loki, that, that reason was basically like, if I don't do it, you know, someone else will like, I, I, I'm, I'm fighting to like help my universe survive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like he was, he, the, he who remains uh-huh. was, you know, that was his his attempt at keeping peace across the multiverse by not having a multiverse, by having the sacred timeline. So now, since there is the multiverse and we're going to get different various Kangs, I want there to be, at least for this one or any of them, really, I want I want there to be real, relatable reasons. And I think one of the best ways to do that is similar to how they had Doctor Strange in the what if series um you know that that one particular episode where he kept going back in time to try to save christine over and over again yeah i think something like that something personal like that for kang would be just masterful yeah for sure i like that a lot i like that idea a lot that like he has a personal reason i mean you know and it's easy like it's easy to see like if he if he is trying to save his universe make sure his universe stays intact like all you got to do is give him a family. And yep. the thing, the thing about the Ant-Man movies, just having, <laughs> just having just watched them, they're all about, uh, keeping your daughter safe. Like that's like the, the whole theme of both movies is, uh, you know, Aunt, uh, Scott worrying about Cassie and Hank kind of over worrying about hope in the first one. And then still it, there's a line in the first Ant-Man that he says, um, What's we're about not family. Yeah, well, it's about family, but it's particularly he talking about their daughters, and he says, "We're not fighting for our world; we're fighting for theirs." Yep. So, what if Kang had a daughter or um, or family of some sort in his version of the universe that he wants to protect, and he believes that fighting is the right thing to do? And then he had that connection between Scott and Hank and him, where they're all. You guys both understand. Look at what you've done for your family. Look what you've done to keep your family oh. alive. Look at what you did to save your wife. Look at what oh, you did God. to like have time with your daughter. Like that's all I want to do. That's, oh man, it's good that, stuff. I love that. I love yeah. that line of like, look at what you did. 
that mm-hmm. that's that's a similar thing between uh, Doctor Strange and Wanda, where Wanda's like, you break the rules and you become the hero. I do that and I'm the bad guy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mmm, man, that's good. That's really good, Jeff. <laughs> that got to that got to a nice place. Um, that yeah, now I really want that. <laughs> I need to amend my list. I've been really relying on the idea that I just love Jonathan Major so much and love what yeah. he did with He Who Remains. He Who Remains was such a character that like didn't really have that. You know, he, yes, he wanted to like save. It was like all about him like controlling the universes and being the man at end of t- at the end of time. He didn't have that personal thing, and I still just loved him so much. He was a super fun kind of like impish trickster type, yeah, for sure, for sure. And but- so. This Kang needs something different to tie us, tie us to his world. Yeah. Mm, I like it. I like it a lot, Jeff. Well, my five is much less cool than that. My other four is much less cool than that. <laughs> I want MODOK uh, to be a real extension of Darren Cross. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, he was power hungry. Um, they also talk about, like, uh, the reason the Ant-Man helmet is so important. And they talk about if you use the, uh, the Ant-Man formula... Without the helmet to protect you, it actually like messes it with your, your brain. brain chemistry. Yeah, fix with your brain chemistry and like can make you go mad. It seems to say. Yeah. Which at the end of the movie, Darren Cross is going pretty mad with power, trying to kill a little girl, like all that stuff. Of course, yep. he's but he was always brutal, like always really brutal. I mean, remember the scene in Ant Man One where he like shrinks the guy before they have the. Uh, oh, oh yeah! Before they have it done, he's just like, yeah. "Bye, Frank." He's like, sorry, still working out the bugs, which I like that line a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That is a good one. And then he flushes him down the freaking toilet. Yeah. You know what? I think that scene resonates, like sits with me and I I can't forget it. Like the whole rest of the movie, that that scene bothered me. And I think it's partially because he doesn't do a good job of cleaning it up. Like he, (laughs) he wipes like twice through this little mess of blood and guts and then leaves a streak on the floor. And I think that like, that that just the impreciseness at which he cleaned it up and like leaving just blood and guts. I think that continued to bother me in the theater because like it just felt so like sloppy in a way. <laughs> well, that I think honestly that leaving that streak just goes to prove his arrogance. Like it, it's just another another yeah. feather in the cap of his arrogance. Because like yeah, who's gonna know that that's who that guy was? Who's gonna know like? You know, do you think the cleaner person, uh, you know, janitor, I think is what their title is. <laughs> like, do you think whoever cleans those bathrooms is going to come in and be like, oh my God, so this is a body? Or like, are they going to be like, ah, somebody had a, somebody had an accident in here. God, I hate these freaking nasty people. Like, yeah. Are, are they just going to mop it up and like not think twice about it? Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think, and I th- the the interesting thing too, now that I'm really thinking about Darren Cross and like what it means for this movie for him to be in it, is the idea that he has a strong connection to Hank because Hank was his mentor who turned his back on him because he didn't trust mm-hmm. him, and then Hope was this person who like got in his good graces, and and as she says right before they go into the battle with him or whatever, he trusts me implicitly. Like I, I have his full trust. You can, yeah. I can do, make him do whatever I want and like, or I can get, I can get in, you know, don't yep. like give me the suit. She, she, she wants the suit, the whole first movie. Um, so it's like the idea that these two people, one that he trusted as his mentor, who he feels betrayed by, and then hope who he trusted fully 
and then feels betrayed by uh, when she sides with Hank. It's like, yep. I, I really think there's a lot of interesting stuff to do there with like a character who's gone mad, but has like legitimate grievances against these two characters, you know? Yeah. Like not only driven mad by the particles affecting his brain chemistry, but like also having that emotional, uh, the emotional turmoil from the betrayal, like spinning that out of control. I think that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, has it been confirmed who Modoc is, or like what Modoc, what Modoc is in this one? Uh, well, we've seen uh, in the trailer. We've seen images. We've seen images in the trailer, and it's pretty clearly uh, the 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 actor who played Darren Cross Corey is Stoll. yeah, Corey Stoll is looks like it, he is Modoc. Like it's okay. it's his face. Is is like it's it's very much in the background, but like that's okay. uh, it, it's pretty been. I mean, like I don't know if it's been confirmed, but it, by Marvel, but like in the trailer, it looks pretty clear, and it makes a lot of <laughs> it's sense. Been confirmed by the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. <laughs> well, it makes a lot of sense too, because like when he enters the quantum realm and gets stuck there in the first Ant Man, you see his body like crunch down around him, and yeah. so you know it just sounds like he got really screwed up by what Scott did to his regulator. And ends up in the quantum realm and ends up being, you know, this like mad scientist who's working for Kang down in the quantum realm, you know? That could be fun. Like, oh, yeah. Didn't even think about that. Like, he got shrunk down, but his technology is still there, albeit broken. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he's down there and then he's, he was left there. Yeah. Well, and he had those little pinchers, his yellow jacket, which kind of reminds me of like the little hands that, uh, you know, Modoc has in some incarnations and stuff. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that's what they're doing based on the trailers. It's pretty clear in a couple of the shots in the trailer that it looks like it's Darren Cross's face. That, okay. it, that could be wrong. It could be a misdirect. It could be anything. But uh, if that's the case, I, I just hope that they do a good job of the characterization bringing him from that first movie into the third. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and I think that kind of... Uh, that kind of leads into my number four thing, or I guess my next thing that I would like to see is, um, you know, I, I want Hank to drive the story forward, not based on things that he's done in his past. Hmm. Like, cause so like for so long, Hank Pym has been like in the, in the first movie, he was exposition, exposition, exposition. Like I made this company I'm bringing, like, he brought Scott in to fix all of his mistakes, basically. Mm-hmm. And, like, fix all the things that I've done in my past. I'll tell you about it as we go and as you need to know about it. And then in the second one, it's this thing happened in my past with Janet. We need to get her back. It's a thing that, you know, I could have solved or, you know, something about it that's like, this was my past. We need to fix my past. But then also have a relationship with Dr. Bill Foster from my past, need to fix that relationship, mm-hmm. have six degrees of separation to, uh, you know, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon to, mm-hmm. uh, to Ava star ghost, you know, Elias star, uh, a relationship from Hank's past got messed up because Hank was an asshole caused Ava to be like, it's all based on Hank's past. I'm kind of tired of dealing with Hank's past, you know, like I'm kind of tired of that being the driving force for the movie. I would love for Hank to have actual goals for the future Mm. that he's trying to, to accomplish. It's interesting because yeah, you know, I was rewatching, uh, when I was watching the first Ant-Man, he has a scene 
where he walks away in the first scene in the movie when he walks away from S.H.I.E.L.D. and he says, yeah. as long as I'm alive, no one will have my formula. Yep. Um, and it re- I realized that like he's more Stark than you think in a lot of ways. Like he's so anti-Stark in the movie. I hadn't really thought about it, but he is very much Tony is the guy who like has the suit and he's like, no, yeah. as long as it's, it's my, it's, suit. it's my, it's my suit. technology. This is a high dollar prosthetic. The high tech prosthesis. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't have uh this doesn't have anything to do with uh, the government. This isn't a weapon. Um, <laughs> I am Iron Man, you know? And so I think yep. like, Hank has that same attitude that he is, um, he is Ant Man. Even when he's using Scott to be Ant Man, he's still in control most of the time. Um, yeah. And also in control, I assume he's still in control of the formula. Like uh, when he disappears, he still doesn't have the formula. I I don't know if they've ever said for sure if Hope has the ability to make the formula or not. I'm curious if she does, and if if not, I'd be interested to see if he like passes the formula down to her. In this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, Cross was able to make a similar formula, right? Yeah, he was, but then they blew up his entire lab. Oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. And, and all the data, yeah. They, they destroyed They killed it. all the data, they just, ah, fuck you, Hank. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he said no one's going to have his formula but him, and that's the whole thing of the first movie, is he's making sure no one gets his formula. If you remember in, uh, in Endgame, like, Scott was all... Like we only have this amount of exactly of, of particle to do, you know, however many of these, whatever, like, and two tests, and like this is all the particle we have. Yep. And like we can't, you know, we we don't have more. We can't make more. Like I don't know how to do this. Like it really, it kind of feels like Hank builds the machine and is like, okay, Scott, go drive it. And Scott's oh, yeah, like, man. For sure. I, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, for sure. Scott's the face of Hank. And it makes me of. wonder, you know, cause hope was gone too. I really wonder if he has trusted hope with the formula or not. I know that like, yeah. cause that's been their arc through both movies was like Hank learning to trust hope more and more. And finally giving her a suit. Yeah. In the second one, there's not much of a trust issue between them. The first movie, that's what it's all about. And so I wonder yeah. if in the third one, there'll be that last moment as he's like, it, Either he, you know, well, for whatever reason, he needs to give her the formula and she's the one he would trust with it because, like, that's their whole arc. I don't know. Right. Well, uh, man, that that kind of begs the question. Like, in the second one, uh, Hank was kind of uh, the guy in the chair for Hope. Like, he was in the van and, like, watching on cameras and stuff and just, like, kind of being support in the background while she was kicking ass. Right. So, like, I kind of feel like we're going to lose Hank in this one. I just feel like that's going to happen. I feel like if we're going to lose somebody, it's probably going to be Hank. Hank's been so all about making sure Hope's life is okay. Like I said, that that line in the first one really stands out to me. We're not fighting for our world. We're fighting for theirs. Right. And it, and that kind of goes along with what Scott says of like, I don't have to win. I just have to make sure we both lose. Yeah. 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 I think it's possible we'll lose an Ant-Man in this movie. And I don't know which. Like I could so, see Scott starting to sacrifice himself and then Hank stepping in or vice versa ooh, or yeah. something. I don't know, man. Ooh, he steps in because like he loves his daughter. You know what I mean? Like maybe that maybe oh. there, maybe there's something there with like fatherhood and daughters and like uh you know the the whole like I you're her partner and she really needs you and values you. 
Like I didn't trust it. when they, when they first kissed in the first movie. It's so good. I forget the line. Oh man, I should have written it down. But he's like, oh yeah. He catches them kissing. It's like the last moment of the movie. He catches them yep. kissing. He's like, when did this start? He's like, oh nothing, nothing started, Dad. And and then he's like, well something started. Like a little uh, something started. And then uh, he, he, as he's walking away, Hank just yells at Scott, "You're full of shit." <laughs> yep. It's like, hey, Scott. Yep. You're full of shit. Yep. <laughs> That was that was mirrored in the second one too, where he's like Scott. Yeah, you think you could stop daydreaming daydreaming about my daughter long enough to get my lab back? <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> exactly. So I wonder if there might be something there with like Hank finally accepting Scott as his like son-in-law, awesome father-in-law, love, yeah, kind some of thing. father-in-law oh. love, or like maybe Scott's about to sacrifice himself, and then Hank steps up because. He's not fighting for his world. He's fighting for hers. And Scott is a big part of her world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could get behind that. Mm, um, I like it. My, like, my question, though, is like, because Hank was her uh, guy in the chair, if and when Hank is gone or sacrificed himself or whatever, who's going to be the guy in the chair? Mm. Like, who, who's going to be the guy in the chair now? I mean, Luis, I feel like, is... Uh... <laughs> Oh. A pretty good option. Or like that team. I mean, that team has been working with them the whole time. Uh, I feel like... I haven't seen them in the trailers, and that no, makes me worried. It doesn't make me worried, and here's why. Uh, I, I just think that there is a lot in this first act of this movie that we haven't seen, and there's a reason for it, and they're saving some surprises for us. That's why okay. I don't think we've seen them. I can't imagine they're going to make the third movie and not include those three. Yeah. But that's another That's a, that's another one of my uh, things in a yeah, second. Yeah, that's later on Let's, my list. Yeah, that's later on my list. Let's go with number four. What's um, yours? Ant-Man getting time with Cassie. And I know that that seems like the whole struggle of the movie, but like yeah. after seeing the trailers for Quantumania and rewatching the first one, I'd forgotten about this moment. <laughs> it's going to make me cry thinking about it. <laughs> Golly, I've- freaking hate how uh, emotionally affected I get by these movies sometimes. He talks to his wife at the birthday, and his wife's like, get an apartment, get a job, pay child support, and then we will talk about visitation, I promise. Yeah. And then he goes and sits in his car, and he writes out, like, okay, to get an apartment, and he, it's going to take me this much work, and it's going to take me this many days, and then he and writes this much the, money, this much money, and it's going to take this long, and then I'm going to need to like do this and this much child support and this much money, and he's like working it out as his like ex-con trying to get a job, and he writes at the bottom of the, the little like napkin or whatever he writes, 377 days till I get to see Cassie. Damn, and it's like, gah. So like it, it's literally been like the whole arc of these movies from the very beginning because he goes to prison for I don't know how many years, three years, three years, three years in San Quentin. So she was like two when he went to prison. He goes to prison, he gets out, and his wife says, you know, wait a year, basically. <laughs> and then he goes, and like, that's, that's the whole reason he takes the job, is because yep. he's like, I have to see my daughter. So that's the whole arc in the first movie, is his goal, the thing he wants, to be with Cassie. And yep. then the whole second movie, he's in prison, or he's in a home, uh, home prison, whatever. Home, what, house, house arrest. arrest, sorry. Home prison. Uh, how, home he's, prison. He's in house arrest. <laughs> For the whole second movie. That's after what happened in Civil War. Right. And he was in the raft for yes. however long. Oh, two yeah. Weeks? That's true. We don't know. Yeah, I don't think we know. At least two weeks. Because yeah. that, that time frame is what it took for uh, Natasha to break out and then get the Quinjet and say, I'm going to go save my friends in Black Widow. Well, then also, how long was it that uh, he was on the run with Captain America? It was like Team Cap was like... 
you know, on the run doing some work after they break out of the raft, I'm assuming. They did like some team cap stuff as like we, we always talk about that time period. We've never got to see much well, of it. He wasn't on that team though. Oh, because like, he, the get, draft, he, he gave took up. a deal and uh gotcha. And Hawkeye took a deal. That's right. They took a deal to be with their families. But then also he lost five years yes. of Cassie's life. Exactly. It was five hours for him. So like his entire arc has been from the first movie. This isn't like and I don't know if how how well they had this planned out, because like this isn't like this was Endgame was about to happen and they planned it around Endgame and they knew he'd lose the five years or whatever. Freaking writers of Endgame are so genius to put that in there, the five year skip because like and have him miss those five years because that is his entire motivation. The first movie oh. is I want to be with my daughter. God, and and the way that the ugh. way that he reacts when he sees her, mm-hmm. and she like dives at him, and he he has that look of like, who the hell is this girl? Oh shit, this is Cassie, and he's yeah. like, you you grew up, yeah, like uh, like, and it's that realization that like she grew up without him. He hasn't been there for five years of her life, and not only just five years of her life, but like five awful years where the entire world was broken mm-hmm. and like the devastation is still out there of like, you know, he's, he's dragging the, the little red wire, the little red wagon around is like, what happened to this place? Kid, yeah. what happened here? Talk about how hard it was. We still don't know uh, if his ex-wife and the, and her husband got blipped or not. So, like, oh, God, how alone yeah. was she? Who did she have left? You know what I mean? Like, oh. it's so freaking... It's like, we know that Hope and Janet and uh, Hank all disappeared. So, was it like, did Luis move, take care of her? Like, we have no idea who was taking care of Cassie during that time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's just like, I think we'll learn more in this movie. But, like, man... Yeah, you know, you see... Actually, I love that idea. Like, my... <laughs> Um, like Luis is his best friend and what if they lost everybody and somebody had to take care of her and what if it was like a three minute a baby situation with the <gasps> ex-con oh, team yeah. and Cassie <laughs> and they had to raise her and, oh I love that so much and, and like but that's also makes sense why she ends up in jail in this one you know like that's she's so been raised good. by the ex-con team yeah <laughs> and she's been pulling jobs with them oh my god yes uh, oh 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 Matt, Matt, yeah, Matt, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry i'm so excited about this idea that i just had she she's a little kid right and when they start taking care of her she's a little kid she's small she's tiny she can fit oh, into places yeah. that they can't good for thieving <laughs> good for thieving oh my god yes we get a yondu tie-in <laughs> Oh man. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's um so so there's so much there. And I just like I know that's gonna be the thrust of the movie. Will Ant Man finally get time with Cassie? That's like yep. his whole motivation in all three movies, and now it's his motivation again. And now it's like on this level of like will you risk the universe to say to have time with your, your daughter? And it seems like he will, and then it's yeah. gonna be like, how does he fix it? And and that that's just, just it's such a perfect um, and it, so there's two, there's two concepts in these movies and it is, he wants to be with Cassie, but he also mm-hmm. wants to be the hero that she sees him as. 
And so I yeah. think in that moment, that maybe we get this moment oh, in the man. movie, he does something to spend time with her to make a deal with Kang, realizes he screwed up because she judges him for it. You know, she's an adult yep. now. She's going to look at him and be like, how could you do that? And he's going to yeah. realize now oh, he's man. not the hero that she she wants, she believes him to be. And he's going to, I don't have to win. I just have to make sure we both lose. Yeah. Ah, gosh. So- <laughs> that that ties in directly to my number three is uh, my number three. Just the the words I have is Scott gets selfish because um, I I just I want to see him do something for himself instead of the world because like he's been giving up mm-hmm. so much to try to save the world and be that hero and like he needs that time to himself and I I love this idea that you've got of like the the kind of like um the time traveler living out the the life that they wanted just to realize that it's not actually good. And like, there are bad things that happen because they, they did the selfish thing. And then like, no, I have to go back and fix it sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ooh. ooh. I like that. I like that. I like also, um, you know, it's kind of like the, I hate to bring in a DC property, but the flashpoint paradox kind of thing. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I have this alternate verse and like, Oh, I'm not the hero because you know, I chose not to be, but like, I'm the only one that can stop this threat that's going to end the world. So now I got to go back and fix it. And I, I love that idea for Scott because like, he has been so altruistic, you know, even with he, like, it seems like he's him getting time with Cassie and him getting time with his family and like being the dad that he wants to be is like, all of that is like, well, once I do this hero thing and save the world, that'll be a, a nice little bonus. That'll be a benefit that I, I can enjoy later. But he just never gets that. He just never gets there. Yeah. I'm going to jump to my number two. The order doesn't really matter on this stuff, uh, I guess. Fair, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to jump because it ties into this. You're talking about him becoming selfish. Uh, My number two was going to be cameos. I hope we get cameos. And the reason is we know he's a celebrity now. Like, we've seen him on the red carpet. He's got his own podcast. Yeah, he's got his own podcast. He's got, like, I would love, like, it makes a lot of sense that he's, like, he might be coming a little bit. Uh, uh, I want to compare it to Rocky because I just compared. It, I've been watching all the Rocky movies. In Rocky Three, he gets a little big on himself and stops working as hard. Uh, like, like maybe he's less. <laughs> he's less about the hero life, and he's becoming a little more selfish. He's becoming a little more like this is oh, my life. Yeah. I want it. Like he's becoming a little more greedy. Well, he's high on his own celebrity. Yeah, exactly. That sort of thing. Like you're talking about him be doing something selfish. Like maybe it ties in with all of that, but anyway, my my the, my number two though was going to be cameos because like that is why I'm hoping this is the thing I teased earlier. I'm hoping that's why we haven't seen anything in the first first act. I'm hoping they right. have a lot of surprises for us. I'm hoping we have like Ant Man like straight up doing his podcast with multiple Avengers. Like what if we see like him doing an interview with Thor and him doing an interview <laughs> with uh, Sam Wilson and him doing an interview like, you know, and then just for some reason, like Joe Rogan or something. Uh, no, yeah. it's like, he's just doing like podcasty things. Like, uh, <laughs> well, I, I discovered on Amazon, I was browsing around the other day. I discovered a thing that is a book written by Scott Lang called Look Out for the Little Guy. Yes, yes, and yes, it is yes. A, it's a picture of Paul Rudd, you know, with his his head on his on his hand, and, like, <laughs> it's it's obviously, like, a, a fake thing, but, like, they're making a hardcover of that. So, like, we can have that 
in our homes. Yeah. We could have that actual book. Yeah. I'm really homes. hoping they make a, uh, a full uh, audible version or whatever, like an audio version that he reads. That would be really, really oh, great. Oh, man. Be really, really great. I want that. I want that so bad. Yeah. I want Paul Rudd to read yes. this book to me. As Scott Lang. Like, just As come Scott be Lang. Scott Lang. And yes. Just, it'd be really great. Um, but no, like... <laughs> So, so to, to expound more on this idea of cameos, like, yes, you could do podcasts. You could do real-world celebrities. Kevin Bacon could show up to talk about his trip oh, around the man. universe. Um, but no, like, you could do, obviously, Marvel characters would be awesome just to see them. Like, sure. They wouldn't have to be, you know, it wouldn't have to be like, hey, we got to have a fight scene. I'm always talking about how cheap it would be to just have, like, you know one of these characters in the room. Like, have Stephen yeah. Strange sitting there in the room chatting with... Uh, uh, Paul Rudd. I don't know. It just it sounds like a lot of fun, but uh, including in those cameos, I also want a Loki connection. I want a, something to do, like even if they don't the TVA Loki. Yeah, even if they don't exactly tie it to Loki in that same way. Um, I think that like even if it's not in the way I think or whatever the way I'm I've been envisioning it. I just like even if we don't get a Loki cameo. Like, Kang needs to somehow, like, reference the TVA. Give me something. Give me some sort of connection there. Um, that's what I really need it. I really need something with that. Anyway, so I that- want, basically, I want universal connections <laughs> and the absence of the first act. The only, I think the, like, one of the only shots we see is, like, the red carpet and we see the, the jail cell closing. Like, I think there's going to be a whole first act before they get, like, sucked into the quantum realm that has stuff that we don't know about because they haven't shown us. And I think they're, they're yeah. hiding stuff. And I, that made, that excites me because like, I don't know, Marvel doesn't hide that much yeah. all the time. So I want yeah. there to be cool stuff hidden in that first act. So yeah, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, you mentioned the, the TVA and that kind of sparked a thing that I want to see in uh, Loki season two. Um, I want, and it's not even something that like is realistic or makes sense, but I want kind of like a, a Scooby-Doo Benny Hill chase scene where like we just see like a hallway and there's like the TVA doors are opening randomly and like people are running in and out and like looking for each other and like yeah. Loki goes by and then Thor goes by doesn't see Loki like <laughs> also they did that in the was it the second Matrix movie yeah the second Matrix movie they have a scene like that where there's did they yeah there's all these doors the the key master opens to back doors and it's just a hallway full of doors and there's smiths following them through the doors and they're going in one and out one and going through this one that leads to that one it's like this sort of like (laughs) escher style like door situation that like keeps opening and leaving and yeah it's it's a lot of fun fun scene i like that i like that that's that's what i want yeah happen in loki (laughs) and that could that could legit happen here Mm -hmm. it just seems a little too goofy because like i feel like that might fit the aesthetic of loki yeah, with for sure. The TVA being just like so weird. <laughs> as much as I do want a connection to Loki, I don't want them to spend too much time on it because I want this to be the third Ant Man movie. And I want it to right. do all these things that we're talking about, all these emotional threads that we're talking about pulling. That's what I want them to do. But I would love to just see a little like like uh Kang reference the fact that like, you know, somehow he's like taken the TVA or, you know, reference he who remains this is not the first time this war has happened. That sort of thing. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but like some sort of reference to the TVA. Oh man. I got one for you. Uh, and this, this is my, uh, kind of ties into my next one. Um, I, what if that, that connection came from Janet? 
Because mm. my my next thing is Janet made a deal with Kang and reneged on it. But what if it wasn't that? What if Janet made a deal with He Who Remains? And because he's dead, that deal no longer stands, except oh, New Kang knows about right, it. Right, right, like, right, right. Like Janet, you know, was, Janet was down there all this time, and what if it wasn't this version of Kang down there? It was the other version that we see in Loki. Well, that's it's tough, because how does that work versus how does... Uh, yeah, she goes down there. And she's like, no, this is a very dangerous person. We got to stay away. And then she sees him and she's like, no, this is a different man. Like he's more yeah, this dangerous, is a different, dangerous person. Yeah. This is a much more dangerous, younger or hungry <sighs> version. I've been telling you how bad this guy was. This guy sounds worse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like he didn't have those scars on his face when I saw him. Mm-hmm, that sort of like thing, when yeah. I last saw him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Like what that, that physical change in his face could be the, the indicator of like, you know, Janet. Janet looks at him with with the question marks on on her head. You know, that like face of like, when the hell did that happen? Is this can't be the same guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, or or maybe she gave him those scars with her wing axe from the second movie. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that real, real could be. Him. Yeah, and that okay. So she made she made a deal with he who remains. He who remains gets killed. New Kang shows up. She makes a deal with him for survival or whatever, and then renegs and like scars his face mm-hmm. and then when she books sees it the hell out of chance it. to chance to escape with Hank and, and, and Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so what's your what's your number two? That was it. Janet oh. Janet making the deal with Kang. Oh right, right. You reneging. did three first. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh interesting, interesting, interesting. I've heard that theory around and I don't know wh- I don't know exactly where it comes from. Uh or you, you I'm sure you you're just thinking of it, but like I I don't know. I've heard other people talk about her having a deal with Kang, and I think it's because of the way she seems to talk about the dangers and be worried about going down there and stuff. Well, you know, when when Cassie makes the the beacon, she's like, "This is a beacon in the quantum realm." Like, no, 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 shut it off. Like, she gets so scared. Yeah. And like the the thing that makes the most sense for her to be scared of is Kang. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, well, mine. Uh, what's your, my number two? Well, actually, it's number three. Whatever. Uh, I just want <laughs> a really good explanation of the quantum realm, or at least a further explanation of the quantum realm. Um, because oh, you f- want rules? Yeah, I do. We've talked about it a thousand <laughs> times on this. You don't podcast. want it to just be the magic realm that solves all the problems? Yeah. No, I need some sort of like rules, limitations, like just how, where, what. Like I need basic How dare you like, is what <laughs> <laughs> I just need some basic rules of the quantum realm because in the very first movie, uh Hank says, I spent ten years studying the quantum realm and mm-hmm. what I learned was that we know nothing. And so that's kind of where we still are, even after a movie <laughs> where Janet got out of the quantum realm and apparently didn't tell them much and they sent uh, Scott into the quantum realm to retrieve quantum energy uh, to keep... Oh, and what's happened to Ghost? I didn't think about that. Hmm. Didn't they receive, go to get the quantum energy to save, to give it to Ghost to keep her stable? Yeah, for her, like, quantum therapy or whatever. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if she got, <laughs> I wonder if she got uh, ghosted. I mean, dusted. Oh. Um, but I'm tis. But I'm s- well, she's going to be in the Thunderbolts movie. Yeah, no, I know. The, I'm just curious poster. what's happened to her in the last, you know, whatever 10 years since that movie the uh, ant-man and the wasp now yeah um i guess probably seven or eight years at the end of ant-man and the wasp like when he went to get the quantum energy is when they got dusted right yeah yeah so like 
So if what Ghost happened in that five done, year yeah. span, and then whatever, whatever time after, yeah, I'm that just saying, like, if Ghost didn't get dusted, then she, right, who's taking care of her? Who's getting her the quant? I guess Bill uh, also Louise. Yeah, yeah, also Louise. <laughs> <laughs> Three men and a little lady and an assassin. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just to go with the long <laughs> titles theme, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, but I don't want to. I don't want to see it. Like I don't want to see that happening as it's actually happening. Like I don't want the emotional uh, weight of that happening. I want Luis to be telling me about that situation. Yeah, yeah. In Luis fashion. It'd be like, so good. Oh yeah, yeah. This little lady, like she was all like, mm, "I'm eight years old and I'm real feisty." Like, I want that. <laughs> yeah the the movie the movie could start with that. And it would be amazing. Smell you later, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Ooh, man. I know this isn't gonna be it. I know it's not gonna be it. You talking about a minute ago? You talked about like you know a time traveler going back and realizing the future he wanted wasn't the future he wanted. Now I want this movie to be "It's a Wonderful Life." Like, and it's not, it's clearly not like, it's not going to be that. <laughs> That's like, there's not anything in the trailer to uh, presume that, but you telling me that idea. Now I want Ant-Man to go into like, change the past to go into the regular world. And then like, he gets to be with Cassie, but like Luis is back in prison because of their friendship. Never like, you know, oh, got Luis man. out and like, yeah, he never went straight. Yeah. 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 And like, uh, maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's still with his wife, but they're really unhappy. And like, maybe the cop that, that like he'd become now really close friends with is like, Paxton. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe he never becomes Ant-Man and then team cap loses civil war completely. And then, Th you know, like the whole thing just like unravels because, you know, yep. like it's, it's like he gets, he gets time with Cassie, but everything else falls on around him. That's not going to happen. But that sounds like a fun movie I would watch. And then he realizes that Cassie's been in good hands this whole time. Yeah. Luis's hands. Right. Because his family, that he, and his Kurt. found family, has, has loved him all this time and taken care of her. Yeah. 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 Okay. So well, that, that goes one? into my, my number one thing that I want. Yeah. I want to see. I want Luis to get a suit. You know, oh, Luis to get a suit, <laughs> even with no powers. You know, <laughs> I want, I want that resolution from what happened in Ant Man and the Wasp, where he was like, "I'd like a suit," you know, with even with minimal powers. I'd like a suit with you know even just no powers. I just want a suit. Like, I want Luis to get that suit. I would, and maybe I want him to get like. Even if he like goes and gets one of the old ones, and yeah, then like no, no, it no. doesn't have any pen particle left, Dude, and he just wears it, totally. You're you're, you're talking about here. Like we've talked about how they might be the guy in the chair in this movie because they might be outside the quantum realm trying to accomplish something to save the rest of the crew that's trapped in the quantum realm. Because remember, they had to take that like submersible down into the quantum realm to retrieve them last time. Sure, yep. there, there there might be some way that Kang can get them out or something, but if not someone outside might have to get them. And like, what if, what if like, you know, Luis gets to throw on the Ant-Man suit and like, gets to like use the powers <laughs> for some small amount of time, like, and gets to go down and get, get them out of the quantum realm. Oh, that's <laughs> so great. Use his real power, which is his, uh, one punch man or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just knocks out Kang and then they leave. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> That's what I call an unfortunate casualty in a. In a <laughs> 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 okay, 
Okay, and uh, to go with oh, that, God. I feel like um, I feel like I feel like mine goes pretty uh, tonally it syncs up well, tonally well with the idea of Louise saving everyone, and that is yep. that I want Ant Man to defeat Kang with close up magic. That is my number <gasps> one <laughs> misdirection. <laughs> I mean, come on, like flourish. whatever he's doing, like let him do a flourish and let him like let him save the universe with close up magic, and it would be really a wonderful thing like he's like got all these other skills all these powers and all these suits but the thing that ends up like tricking kang is like the misdirection that sleight he doesn't expect hand. yeah just basic sleight of hand and like, misdirection oh god can i have jimmy woo as well <laughs> i hope we get a jimmy woo cameo too but i don't see why we would uh and because it doesn't sound like scott's gonna be in trouble um in this one but can he yeah, I say yeah. But, but can he, though? <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> Please? <laughs> okay, so I put out a call to our patrons over on patreon.com slash mcucast, uh, which, uh, by the way, thank you so much. A lot of you guys have gone over there and already subscribed since we announced the new tiers. We're going to be doing a lot more interaction, a lot more chances for the patrons to chime in on things, things like that. Uh, so patreon.com slash mcucast. But I put out a call to what do you want to see in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And so I was just going to read these. We're not going to have time to like go over everyone and like do a big response, but we're going to read them uh, and just maybe short response. Uh, we got Caitlin Kelly. I, I Okay, Caitlin. I don't know if you're trolling me here. And if you're not, <laughs> I'm sorry for presuming. But Caitlin Kelly says she wants some connection to Morbius. <laughs> maybe in the end credit sequence. <laughs> Uh, I feel I like, still haven't seen that movie. I know. I feel like that's got to be I a refuse. troll. I feel like I refuse to watch that movie. Yeah, there's a lot of those that you refuse to watch. Uh, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> the, um, what, the Venom 2, I, have, I still haven't watched that because, again, I just refuse to... Like, somebody let Sony have control of something and it was a bad idea. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, it's I don't want to acknowledge true. them. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so, okay, Caitlin Kelly, connection to Morbius. I, I don't see it happening, unfortunately for you, Caitlin. I'm so sorry. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> Emily McBride says, a Luis recap. Yeah, absolutely. We need a, a Luis recap. 100%. 100%. I, I say that's a 100% chance. Morbius connection, I'll give it a 3% chance. That one, <laughs> Luis recap, I give a 100% 100. chance. 100. Has yeah, to be. Let's, let's give it. Let's give these a breakdown of, of how, how likely they are. Um, <laughs> CJ Marvel, uh, I want a 10 rings connection to the quantum realm, which will eventually connect to the Miss Marvel bangle. And uh, CJ crosses Ooh. his fingers. I, I don't know about the bangle being connected. Honestly, I don't know that that's going to be a thing because, like, I feel like the 10 rings is. Because they said the Ten Rings are older than anything they've ever seen, I think it's going to be an Eternals connection. Mm, it's possible. And when when Wong like uh, zoomed in on one of the rings, and like there was that the thing that looked like tendrils, the beacon is what he called it, like the little tendrils of energy that looked a lot like the tendrils of energy in uh, the wall. Uh, that we saw in Eternals where like their memories are stored. Mm. It was like that hive kind of wall. Yeah. Hmm. Those little tendrils were in that same sort of setup in, yeah. in Eternals. I, there's been a lot of uh, speculation about this. We've talked about it in a few feedback episodes and stuff because uh, there are some similar markings. They all kind of look similar. 
uh, and honestly, it does kind of tie to like Eternals as well. Eternals have that sort of the uh, Faustus uh, uses this. Uh, it looks like a similar technology. Lots of rings Fastus. and Faustus yeah. uh, uses those like lots of rings and stuff. But the bangles, um, the tin rings, and a lot of the stuff that uh, Kang is using in this uh, trailer and uh, the Fastos stuff all do have sort of a similar look vibe and like a lot of circles, a lot of circles, a lot of inscriptions. And you could see a world where like, um, Kang went back in time, maybe out, even out in the cosmos and got Fastos's help creating some of these things or something, you know, like some version of Kang got some version of Fastos to help him create some of these things. And it just sort of, it does make sense knowing that this is the multiverse saga and that we're heading towards that connection, some sort of connection of all these stories. Um, it makes sense that Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel, it's been used to tie them together somehow. Also, right. kind of reminds me of Quantum Entanglement, the way they're like, you oh, know, yeah, they're yeah, tied yeah. together. in two states. Yeah, yeah. But if they do exist in two states, they can teleport between yep, those two. Exactly. So that kind of makes me think Quantum Entanglement ties ties Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel together. Quantum Realm, Quantum Mania. Like, it, it all sort of just... It all resonates in this way that, like, that's pulling the story together. And then we have the Ten Rings saying these are ancient things. We don't know when they came from or where, but it's the thing that's some sort of, like, tie. It's, it's the post-credit sequence that we see Miss Marvel, who is, you know, one of the two people with the bangle, and uh, Hulk. So it's, like, it's time. Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner. Um, so my point is... Those are the two big things we have that are pushing the story forward and tying things together. Those are the two mm-hmm. big post-credit sequences we have right now that are like outstanding. So it would make sense if they tied to Kang in some way. So, so I see why a lot of people are feeling that way. And, and okay. co- combine that with the way they're looking similarly. I don't know, man. I, I, I feel yeah, okay. I, I, I'm going to go like 70%. Maybe not. I'm going to go 40% in this movie, 70% it's the truth. That might Overall, happen later. Okay. Yeah, it might it might happen another time, but it will connect, you know. Okay, okay, I can I can back that. Um, I would give it a lower percentage in this movie, but yeah, like twenty five and fifty. Twenty five of this movie, fifty for like overall. Like if it's in this movie, I don't think it's gonna be in this movie in like the climax or anything. But if it's in this movie, I think it's gonna be a post credit sequence where Kang emerges from the quantum realm. And they're over there studying the Ten Rings, and the Ten Rings start freaking out. Like, mm. and we see the lab where Bruce Banner's been doing work on them, and Shang Chi's hanging out, and we see the labs like something in the labs making those Ten Rings go crazy, and they're like, Kang is emerging from the quantum realm, and it's somehow affecting his 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 tech that he has around the universe. Um, I don't know, I don't <laughs> know, man. My idea has been for a while that like. Maybe Kang placed those items where he placed them so that they would lead. You know, you know, uh, Kang is, does that. He goes through time, like affecting the timeline in certain ways. So, what if he is the reason Win Wu had powers all that time, and he is the reason Shang Chi emerged? He is the reason uh, Miss Marvel and uh, Captain Marvel swapped places. Like he's he's these are all parts of his plan that sort of need to come together in some way in in the in future films. Oh, okay. Like Kang is the uh, the puppet master behind everything, right? Well, isn't that always what he is? Like he's always building the universe yeah. to to fit his purposes, and so yeah. the idea that he's doing that with all these different people that are powered on Earth makes sense to me. I like that. I like that. Um, okay, Water Angel. I think this is Waterfall Angel. I'm assuming uh, Miss Sharon, our friend. Uh, but 
it says Water Angel on Patreon. So let me know, Sharon, if that's if that's you. <laughs> I'm assuming that's Waterfall Angel. Uh, <laughs> or let me know, Water Angel, if you're not Sharon. <laughs> yeah, if you're not Sharon, let us know who you are. Who are you? Um, Water Angel says, no deaths. Phase four was about grief. Can phase five be about parties or something? <laughs> TVA references miss minutes. Oh, I, I would love to see. Oh, you know what? We were talking oh, earlier man. about like um, Kang having a family. And we've talked before about like, uh, you know, Ravana being maybe like somehow oh, related wait. to Kang or something like that. Miss minutes. Is the scanned brain pattern of, of his Kang's like, dead wife or daughter or something or like daughter. that? Yeah, yeah, like, like that's the way he preserved her. Yeah, and like he's trying to build a universe where th- where his family survives whatever calamity is be- befalling the future, and then like <sighs> it would create this really cool story where like, what if the answer to Kang, like the the final answer to Kang, like Secret Wars or Kang Dynasty or whatever is that they have to convince Kang to trust them to help. Like, like there's a calamity in the future. Kang has gone back in time to, do, to, to just destroy the universe, remake it after himself. And he's like, no, I've tried every permutation. And they're like, no, Kang. Like, you've done it's all these terrible things, but we're willing to forgive you and go to the future and fight for your future, you know? Kang has to learn that he doesn't need to be the one holding the knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Like oh, like man. maybe all of like it's because he's been trying to do it himself all this time and yeah. trying to do it in so many different ways, but really he's just like no, like the calamity is coming and they're like what do we do but fight for fallen worlds, you know, we're the avengers. Like let us come with we will fight for your family too, but you have to trust us, you have to fight on our side, you know. And that yeah. becomes Kang Dynasty as them like actually protecting the future and Kang never has to become Kang because his family never has to go through whatever they go through, you know. Yeah, but if Kang never becomes Kang then it's it's uh, all timey wimey. Paradox. For sure. Paradoxes <laughs> abound for sure. But you, you know, I don't know. This is the thought. That's just my random thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like that. <laughs> okay, Benjamin Phillip uh, says something goes wonky in the quantum realm, and all of a sudden, Bill Murray is playing every character. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Please. <laughs> I mean, if they just give me a shot, it doesn't have to be playing every character, but if they just give me a shot where Bill Murray, there's multiple Bill Murrays on the screen at the same time, like filling a screen with Bill Murrays, I will, or, or, or <laughs> I want the Murray verse. <laughs> yes. There's some sort of like simulation where Bill Murray is, is like acting out all the parts of all the Avengers. And that would still like tie into what, so for those of you who don't know, literally one of the first jokes we ever made on the podcast was that Bill Murray, we were like, oh, well, Bill Murray could play any character he wants. Actually, Bill Murray should play every character. And we have this running yeah. gag about Bill Murray playing every <laughs> character in the MCU is just Bill Murray. And then when we found out Bill Murray was in this movie and the fact that it's quantum mania, it's like, it's kind of possible, you know, like if, if it's going to be did anywhere. We, did we start this? Did we make this happen? If, if that happens on screen, I will call it that that is a reference to us. It probably won't happen on screen, but if they do something like that, like I will be like that, that was, 
that was a that was an MCU cast love letter right there. Like, <laughs> thank you, Marvel. I mean, I'm, I thank can't, you, Marvel Studios. I cannot imagine that coming from anywhere else. Like, that was a nine years ago joke on our podcast, uh, and I don't think it's happening. <laughs> but ever since we heard Bill Murray was going to be in Quantum Mania, we were like, what? <laughs> but but what if it happens though? <laughs> but what if it happens though? Um, I now, now now I think of like I think of Bill Murray stepping off that little ship into the quantum realm. You know, what if he's like. You know, we, he had the collector. We've been talking about maybe he's one of the one of the ancients or whatever. There's the collector and the grandmaster, and maybe he's one of those brothers or something like that. Yeah. What if he's one of those people? What if he's like the actor, and he like comes down to the quantum realm to tell the story of what's been happening in the in the surface world, and he comes out of the quantum realm that, and he's telling the story of the Avengers, but acting out all the parts or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm just I'm giving you ideas, Marvel. You don't have to do it. I know it's only got four days to add it in, so just don't 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 listen to me. Yeah, don't uh, work too hard on it. But I would like to see it. Uh, Sarah West says connection. I feel like Phase Four properties stayed mostly contained to themselves, which is good. It's a new chapter. Uh, we need that world building to get attached uh, to a new group of heroes, but now we're into phase five. I'd love to start seeing the properties begin to cross over a little bit more again. I agree. So cameos. So cameos. That was like my number two. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) There's so much room. I feel like just, there's so much room in, 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 in the first act for cameos. Um, okay, James Beltrain, another one of our patrons says, if I don't get Luis in my movie, I will start a riot. I also yeah. feel like we should get some type of connection. I want the movie to stand on its own, but I want it to be something that sets the tone for the rest of the phase. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, okay Nerdy Tastic has a few. Uh, Nerdy Tastic says, I want to see the following. Number one, how this will connect and impact the wider MCU. Whether it's some variation of Kang unleashed in the world or a major death or the Ten Rings uh, being a beacon in the to the quantum realm uh number two i don't want cassie to be an annoying angsty teen i didn't have the patience for that when i was a teen and i certainly do not now as an adult <laughs> number three iron lad it's clear oh, we're going yes. to the young avengers and since he is some version of kang it would make sense to hint at an introduction to him perhaps in a post-credit sequence hmm Especially with Kang and Cassie, or I'm sorry, with Iron Lad and Cassie being yeah uh, a, a thing, love in interest item. in the comics, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, we could see Iron Lad have like uh, a multi movie arc and be that thing where like he has to give up himself because if he doesn't become Kang, you know, it's that whole like if he doesn't become Kang, then the the world gets destroyed, sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Um. um yeah, I I I, th- I thought for sure that's where we were going when we had all this Young Avengers stuff, but I just don't even know if there's room for it in this movie. And if it's not this movie, what's it going to be? You know, uh, I guess it's, she could become <laughs> stature in this movie, and then the next movie, the next like Young Avengers tie-in is that that's where we really get him. Yeah, uh, I want it to be. It's a wonderful lad. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Nerdy Tastic says number four Loki. To be fair. I always want to see him, but since his show Mm -hmm. is out later this year and we first met a variant of Kang there, it makes sense to see Loki. I agree completely. And 
that would make sense why they kind of waited a two-year cycle before they brought a season two of Loki. Like, what if Loki was always supposed to happen with Quantumania sandwiched between? Yeah. Even if we don't see Loki, I, th- I think the events of this movie are going to inform the events of Loki season two for sure. I mean, they have to. Like, you're using, yeah. like, your main villain is the guy that everybody was scared of at the end of Loki. Like, it absolutely has to tie in. Yeah, for sure. And number five, Nuri Tezik says, is a long shot, the Fantastic Four in some capacity since Kang is a distant relative of Reed's. Ooh, yeah. Give me yeah. that Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing about like Reed going to explore the multiverse and like Reed being the, the kind of guy to, to, to hop across the multiverse and like they have a multiversal car. Like mm-hmm. the the microverse being a thing that like that he deals with as well. Like it it's all there. Like all the pieces are there in the comics at least for Reed Richards to show up in some yeah, capacity for with sure. Quantum Mania, especially with quant- the quantum realm being like the way to get you know somewhere else on the timeline or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, reading these last two, Dylan Diggs says, "I think there is some building consensus." that I agree with that this should be the beginning of connection here. But related, uh, I want to see two things. Give me that sweet, sweet world building. We're literally going into another world and we're dealing with the multiverse. I don't want to get hyped, but Lordy, if this movie takes the next step from Loki and mom to really building mythology, I will be so excited. Everything is about to break going into secret wars and I hope some battle world action. Let's set the stage. Number two, I want to almost root for Kang, like Thanos and Killmonger. He needs to be a sympathetic villain. He should be right in some way, in the analysis, motivation, etc. But come to the wrong conclusions, or the right ones we can't deal with. Give us sweet, sweet ethical dilemmas that feed into some of our future adventuring. That's a good well, that, call, Dylan. Yeah, I mean, that that's one of the things that I... That was the first yeah, thing I mentioned, That was the first actually. thing you mentioned on the episode. And I kind of wanted to be that, that Sam Wilson thing of like, I agree with your fight, I just can't get on with the way you're fighting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, Kang winning the moral debate would be killer. It really would. It really would. I would love it. All right. And it looks like our last one from Benjamin Phillips says, and does it really need to be said? I need one of those fantastic Luis narrated sequences. In fact, and I think you guys have mentioned this, Luis needs his own show. And his <laughs> yeah. show is all about him telling the entire story of the MCU. Each episode is a different movie. Get all the actors back. Bring in RDJ, ScarJo, Chris Evans. Do a 25-minute retelling of each movie for each episode where they all just lip sync to Luis's words. That's what I need. That's what we all need. Cut the check, Feige. I know you're listening. Give us MCLU, the Marvel mm. Cinematic Luis Universe. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. I like it. That is the number one need that we all desire. Yeah, I think everyone had that on the list. Actually, I had it. I, it was definitely on my list, and then I knew you'd have it. <laughs> like, you'd have a good Luis one. <laughs> so I, I didn't want Luis. there to be overlap. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is our episode. Again, thank you to the patrons for throwing up all those. uh, I threw that up last night just to see what we could get from the patrons to give them a chance to weigh in on this episode. Uh, If you want to be a patron, patreon.com slash MCUcast. It starts at $5. We do like, we average like 13 episodes a month. So it's really a very small amount for all this great content we're throwing your way. We hope you like it. We'll be back soon. Peace.
Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash TV and available at youtube.com strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.